0: Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listening to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing fast-paced industry.
1: Welcome to the Inventory Professional. I'm Sean Hemming Metcalf from Inventory Base Academy, and I'm really pleased to be joined today by Matthew Hooker, who's the co-founder of Ohm, but also with a Hamilton Fraser hat as well, Matthew.
0: thank you for inviting me.
1: No, I'm really pleased you? That you could come. I'm great, I'm really good, thank you. Yourself?
0: Yeah, keeping busy, keeping busy.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's certainly starting to get busier now, isn't it? Now that the lockdown's starting to
0: ease up a little bit. Oh, 100%. I mean, we were a bit nervous launching in the middle of a pandemic, um, but we wanted to keep to our time scales. And the last week or so, we've really seen um, quite a lot of movement. Everyone's sort of looking to move properties, and I think everyone wants a garden now and, and bright spaces. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a positive couple of weeks, and it's, it's starting to, to move correctly. Or well, probably.
1: No, no, I, I totally agree. Um, um, as we were just talking to uh, with each other just beforehand, I was out myself doing inventories this morning and I'm still hands on. So it's great because that way then I know what the market's doing, I know what properties are looking like, and I can get a really good feel as to how things are progressing. Mm. We're certainly seeing the numbers starting to come in job wise, not to the same kind of level we would normally get this time of year. That's not going to happen, but we are starting to see movement, which is really, really good. Positive so, trends yeah yeah so we just launched um during the pandemic explain to the listeners what ome's about who are you what does ome mean
0: yeah so uh, i'll start with the ome meaning um we, we're essentially um we want to be a comfortable lifestyle brand as much as it's a rental brand so uh, very often you'll have a conversation it's i'm going home it's not a going home queen's english it's very um I I mean, that's the story we give ourselves we like the <laughs> word to be honest um
1: i was wondering that's... i was wondering <laughs> it's slightly different and I, t- and I couldn't draw a parallel with anything i wasn't quite sure now i'm yeah it makes
0: sense. i mean the closest description we did find was i think it's unripe plum in japanese which i don't think really has any real meaning to our market, but um Probably. so we've stuck with the definition we've got for ourselves. <laughs> but um yeah so we are um for want of a nutshell description um a deposit replacement um so we're essentially looking at the market thinking that the the uh, upfront cost of moving it can be uh, not just um problematic but it can also sort of have longer term impacts on tenants who who maybe could benefit from a bit of cash flow mm. um particularly when you look at the last couple of months and, and how an extra 500 1000 pounds could really help um people
1: definitely so definitely. about a
0: year ago we started looking at um the market i'll touch upon my sort of hamilton fraser background and, and sort of hat on in a second but um we weren't 100 percent sure with how the current crop of of, of Deposit replacements ticked all the right boxes for, for tenants, but also, as I say, on the Hamilton Fraser side of things running my deposits and being a government authorized scheme, a lot of the transparency issues and things like that and it's not to say that those products aren't aren't suitable at all. we just thought that there was more that we could change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we came at it from an approach of sort of small payments upfront. The traditional uh, deposit replacements looked at that one week upfront payment to replace the deposit. Uh, we wanted to try and get it as close to one day's rent value. Um, so what we've looked at and what we're, we're launching with is a monthly subscription for tenants who uh, would rather have a choice um, to not rent with a deposit. Mm-hmm. So that whether that be a £5, 10 £15 pound, uh, membership, they pay that over the course of the, the tenancy. And then at the end, um, as you'll be aware in the inventory world, if there's any damages or the condition isn't quite the same, then they just, pay for those uh fixes or, or outstanding bills or whatever the case may be so it's really just trying to build upon current deposit practice but with tenants and landlords so used to custodial deposits now where they're not even holding the money it made sense to potentially just remove that aspect of the product altogether and and, and have tenants be able to move in a little bit more comfortably
1: Yeah, because there's a lot of money to be held in the deposit schemes that literally Mm. just don't do anything. And certainly when I talk to tenants um, in the main, they they do treat the properties well. They do look after them. They do want their deposits back. But it's such a huge amount to to you know to to um mm. come up with initially before you move and also so it's that move between properties and yeah it's not at the just moment. the one deposit yeah exactly exactly i mean we're, we're seeing people move from maybe bigger houses down to smaller ones because of cash flow because mm-hmm. of, you know the impact of where we are with covid19 etc but also um the fact is that you know they're trying they're, they're changing maybe because of jobs again that's a tra- quite a transient market at the moment or just because they want to change a scenery um but to be able to then port that amount of money that big amount Mm -hmm. you know between um properties really really difficult so i can definitely see where the benefit is
0: yeah well we we, we, um did a bit of research um with the my deposits um database we had and the last 12 months have seen about the average deposit being around 1300 pounds or 1299 pounds or something like that Mm -hmm. so you've got that upfront payment but then you've got another 1299 pounds stuck in between so it's actually two and a half grand you're talking about if not more um just to move property and that's without the first month's payment up front and any moving costs you've got and furniture being shifted or buying new furniture so it's really just down to that cash flow we were never about um oh don't pay your deposit and go on holiday or buy a brand new sofa here or that that's just not really the atmosphere or the uh practices that we want people to be looking at it's not about stretching yourself it's just about managing the money in your way and ultimately it's just down to a choice um not just for the tenants at the end of the day it's also down to the landlords um or agents do i want to be managing a deposit someone else's money when i've got to pay for client money protection do i want to worry about missing that 30 day payment um 30 day protection period by one day especially Um,
1: fines involved with that as well oh exactly
0: i was speaking to um a letting agent just the other week and she was saying that they learned the hard way um how to make sure everything's in order she was um she she registered the deposit she gave the documents she did everything she needed to do but missed that payment actually paying it into the scheme by one day and despite showing the judge that she'd done everything she needed what the branch done everything that they needed to do they still issued the three times maximum three times deposit fine so it also the deposits can they are great don't get me wrong it is a it's probably the best way of managing trust between two two parties but the finances involved and the the onerous angles to it can suddenly start to make it a little bit um complex so we just wanted to take out that complexity and offer choice to everyone in the market um in 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 what we would regard as the the right way
1: yeah no i can t- totally see that and as someone who's both been a landlord and is actually currently a tenant um Go you best. know i'll own up to that i am a tenant through <laughs> choice and that's absolutely fine um Perfect. you know me having to stump up the amount of money that i need to do for the deposit um and then having to know that that money's going to be there and yes it, mm. it, i can understand it landlord point of view they want to make sure they look after the property etc and i'm probably in a way because of what I do even more careful about the property than maybe everybody would not saying that they're not but it's just because I'm more aware you
0: know all angles (laughs)
1: yeah I do I do um so I can I can certainly understand you know certainly from a landlord point of view, why it's so important but it's nice to have the choice definitely yeah but and I know we've talked about this before but with that choice obviously comes responsibility you know Mm -hmm. we still as tenants have a responsibility look after the property give it back in a reasonable condition, i.e., you know, taking into account fair wear and tear, you know, no great big gaping holes and damage, and so on, and so forth. You know, giving it back clean. And basically, I always say to tenants when I'm doing checkouts with them or I'm talking to landlords, you know, getting the property back as you would like to find it. It's, that's yeah,
0: hundred percent. Isn't it simple? It's like anything in life, isn't it? It is.
1: Just- yeah, it's how you would like to receive something yeah. back or, or how you'd like to receive it in the first 100%. place. And, and yeah. it, I, I don't think that's unreasonable and I perfectly understand that. And I think certainly where inventory come into it, um, that by being able to showcase that at the very beginning at the point of check-in, is really helpful. Also, not just the landlord to say, okay, this is my property, this is what I expect back, but also to pretend to say, okay, well, now you've got a marker and now you've got something to refer back to so that when you're getting the property ready and you're about to leave, you can go back to the report and then have a look at it and say okay well i need to make sure that's done i need to fix this or repaint that or you know mm-hmm. just so that you know that you are going to get that um that deposit amount back but also it's not always i find just about the money it's the pride i, I deal a yeah. with a lot of tenants and in the main they're very proud of how they looked after the property they're very keen that the landlord knows that they looked after the property yeah. and that um that they try and give it back in its best possible form one to get the money, but two because they it makes them feel good. It makes them feel like, you know, this is how I would like someone to treat me if I was, you know, I was a landlord. Um so Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot to be said think,
0: about that. I think one of the the key things, and this is one of our core values of the uh, of, of Ohm, but but also wider of, of Hamilton Fraser, is that transparency is absolutely vital. Um we really wanted to especially with Ohm being the newest product on the on the line. Um we really wanted to make sure that transparency was core, that um, we used objective language. And, and it wasn't a case of, as you say, winning and losing. That's where pride and ego gets in. Mm. Um, it's not a case of of saying, I've got £1,000. I don't a want to give you back that £1,000 because it's mine sort of thing. It was just a case of, well, as you say, and, that's, uh, and I'm sure we're going to touch upon it, but that's why we wanted to make... Uh, check-in inventories and reports mandatory in our product. The reality is is that everyone knows that we should be doing those things But we wanted that to be mandatory because the best way of avoiding the need for resolution at the end is by making sure that everything is done Right at the beginning.
1: Yes, and I totally agree. Yeah, definitely was going to ask you that as as almost like the next question Because it seems to be at the moment. Yes, everyone knows that they're a good idea. It makes sense you need evidence in order to be able to effectively go to a dispute potentially go to a court or even just between two parties you know having a conversation you need something to use as a basis to say yeah this is how it was this is where it how it is now these are the changes and what we need to do about them um but Again, I don't find that um, other deposit schemes really seem to be really pushing like you are to make them mandatory, to make them part and parcel of your effectively evidence bundle. So, because mm. you need to think about it, you're going through the whole tenancy, you're, 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 you're starting up an AST, you're doing the reference checks, you're taking deposits potentially um you are making sure that that person is someone fit and proper to both be living in the house same as you do for a landlord making sure that they're fit and proper to be a landlord as well and then you go through all that process then some people will have an inventory, and some people won't because as we know it's not a legal requirement mm mm-hmm. Um, in funny enough, in South Africa it is, but here it's oh, wow. not. But it, it, like you said, there is a bit of an expectation that you should have that because how do you evidence? But the fact that it's not a requirement always says to me, well, why not? Because it's the one document that potentially could make or break a dispute in regards to the either the landlord's favour or the tenant's favour, in as much as it you know showcasing what what's happened with the property. Um, but it's never looked at that way, and I, I never yeah. understand that. So. Why is it that you 're going down that route? Why are you wanting it to be mandatory?
0: Well, I think one of the things is that that, that we can um, if that makes sense because um, with the traditional cash deposit protection schemes, they are very much um, prescribed their um, rules and regulations by the government, so they 've got to be catch all and allow all disputes to come in and that sort of thing. So we can play a lot around a little bit because it 's not a sort of a prescribed approach from the government. Um, but more more so because and it's definitely not the the be-all and end all with a, an inventory because there is going to be a lot of other things that, that come into a dispute at the end of the day. It's not the, the golden bullet, but it's definitely a really key part of the, the arsenal of a landlord or agent. Um, and indeed the tenant actually going into a to a say a resolution at the end of the process. But the reason why is because when you look at say my deposits and it would be the same for all deposit schemes, when you've got that document at the beginning of the process. Um, as you say, it can be the make or break um, piece of the, the jigsaw at the end of the day. It can be the bit that says to the adjudicator, this is the condition of the property alongside the, the AST to say what the responsibilities were. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how we expected it to come out or at the very least near as possible with the fair wear and tear and all those different bits. And I think um, from our perspective, and I, th- I mentioned it a se- second ago, resolutions disputes whatever you want to call them they they, they're won or lost in the first part of the tenancy in my opinion um because you've got to show that condition and uh uni i studied law and and at the end of the day adjudications are just an alternative to to court and when you you study law you get told that you've got to look at all the evidence you've got to look at what was expected and what actually happened and at the end of the day if you didn't do what was expected of you did it cause someone else's loss and without the inventory without the check-in reports i think it's very hard um and at the very least i think um if you compare it to other aspects of life so renting a car or buying a new car actually for that matter um i've recently purchased a new car and i couldn't deliver it couldn't pick it up um because it was on the first day of lockdown so i've had to wait two months it's been sitting there in the the forecourt and when we got there i just wanted to make sure that everything was was okay because actually am i picking up what i expected i was picking up and as it's on a finance agreement in three years time when i take it back and potentially upgrade i'm showing them again is what i'm giving you back what you expected to see so you do it with other aspects of your life and, and i think so often um renting in particular can be Forgotten about with those sort of extra little checks because you see it's a home. Yes. Um, you don't treat it in the same sort of way because I'm moving into my dream home or I'm moving into a new flat to go and work close to work or live close to work, whatever the case may be. There's other emotions there. Mm-hmm. It's not purely financial. So I think um, there, is, there is a case to be said that, and this is why we're going this direction mandatory inventories um, just open up the transparency early on and, and start that process from the beginning.
1: I think that makes perfect sense. And again, you know, if I put my landlord hat on, and if I put my tenant hat on, it all makes absolute perfect mm. sense. And to me, it, it it ties in the whole of the evidence bundle because then there's no gap, so it's very clear. And like you said, if you do end up in dispute, then you, like you said, you've already got all the information you need. It's then about that mediation, isn't it? Is it then about saying, what can we do about the situation? How can we potentially come to an agreement that everybody's happy with? Um, and if it's based on fact. Uh, and not subjective evidence, mm-hmm. um, because it's clear, it's in front of you, it's written, it's dated, it's pict- pictured or video, depending on how it's done, um, it makes all the difference because then it's not really in dispute because it's there, it's tangible. Yeah. Whereas if you or I would just kind of say, well, the property was, was a really good order, and you would go, great, lovely, but how do you know and how do I know? How can I see that? If you haven't got a report, you don't have that oh,
0: 100%. And I think a lot of it also comes down to that emotion, as as we were mentioning just a second ago, because the the vast reality is that the majority of landlords aren't doing this as their day to day career. It's 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 um, inherited property or a pension or uh, another opportunity to to sort of improve their own wealth. And uh, and and I think sometimes there is that emotional element from a landlord as well. So. Um, being able to set the stalls out and identify a valuable object or a brand new carpet or, um, it's the same reason why you get a receipt at the end for for works um, to put things back. Mm. It's about that value, that objective value. Uh, a chair to me could be worth a thousand pounds, but actually in reality I can go to Ikea because it was a 15 pound chair. It, it's, it's about the objective value at the end of the day. And I think sometimes a document that sets the stall out and sort of evens up the playing field, let's say, Is not just beneficial for a a landlord but equally it is that transparency that the tenant knows what to expect in the tenancy and sometimes that's almost the most important bit actually you're setting the expectations early for everyone.
1: Very much so and that's something I definitely have a conversation with with tenants when we do check-ins we say exactly that and I always say when I'm working with clerks and training them is you know take the emotion out of it it's what you can see what's there where it is to what extent it exists and then you evidence that and then that means then it's all factual whereas as a landlord when I had my own property it's my property so of course and I've got an emotional attachment to it like mm-hmm. family home and therefore I think about it differently whereas an inventory clerk will just look at it as a property. So, you know, does it have walls? Has it got doors? Are there, you know, can I showcase this? And not opinion. It's all based on factual evidence. I mean, I know it can go from subjective to objective, depending on, the pictures mm-hmm. you've got but it's knowing how to do that and then looking at it quite dispassionately I've walked around properties with landlords before kind of you know dictating the room and, mm. and, and the property and the landlords had to leave because I'm pointing out all the faults and they're like oh my god <laughs> this is my this is my pride and joy you know it, yeah. it's absolutely brilliant and and it does look absolutely brilliant but it does have flaws it yeah, you know, every property does no matter whether it's new or old, and but it's not a case of us doing that because we've just been downright awkward on trying to make a point we're doing it because if we can see it then the tenant can see it therefore the tenant has to see it to be able to understand it to be able to then Mm -hmm. look after the property and then give it back because without that they're not going to know exactly and
0: and and, and sort of the point of an adjudication as well um going back to sort of it as a replacement for court it's it's essentially Uh, the awards that an adjudicator can come uh, give out i'm not a uh, qualified lawyer so i might be slightly wrong in my my terminology but it's essentially damages that you're you're issuing out Mm. it's not a a sort of a claim it's not an insurance sort of new for old it's essentially saying to the landlord or the tenant whichever way around it ends up being um had the contract been fulfilled i looked after the property or you didn't do this or you didn't do that whatever the case may be where would that landlord be financially and would they have had to replace that chair or would they have had to fix that window and those sorts of things. And that, that's kind of the point. You would never go to court without all your evidence and your, your house in order. You would only go to court with the evidence and you'd only go and use a court if you think you could win at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the point. Although I shouldn't say win actually, because that's that's also again. But going back to the ego and the terminology, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but the point being is is that you would only ever go with with evidence that would help help your case. I guess. Is yeah,
1: and I don't think anybody really wants to go to court. I don't think anybody really wants to go to dispute, but sometimes mm-hmm. it has to be done. Yeah, because maybe one party doesn't agree with the other. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily fault per se. It's it's, it's about just the the it's agreement is not yeah. there. Um, but I think you're right. We, if you've got all the information, then it helps that process, and it potentially gets you to the point where you can get agreement, because you it's very difficult to dispute the facts if they're physically in front of you. you i.e. the report pictures. 100 percent. If it's yeah. done correctly. With that in mind, I'm looking at doing, you know, uh, sorry, and having mandatory reports. One thing that I does irk me, and I know we've spoken about this before previously, is the fact that we're completing the reports, are providing them as part of the dispute process, you know, often through the agent or for the landlord. But the feedback, the working with the inventory clerks, doesn't really tend to happen with any deposits. Do you, as Ome, have any, any kind of um, thoughts about whether that is something that you want to do, you should be doing, or you're going to be working to? Because I certainly think focus groups would be very beneficial because clerks are doing it on their side. We know what works. We know why we're putting mm-hmm. it in and what's required. But what we don't know is from the dispute services, what you need from us because we see case studies but they're never specific and i can honestly say in the thousands and i can say this thousands thousands of reports i've personally done feedback has been zero
0: yeah no well this is the thing And i think um for me i see uh, an inventory report a bit like a reference um for a tenant so if we take home for example we we ask that there's a minimum referencing criteria of a tenant because again it's that risk element it's um is this tenant and going back to affordability, it's not an affordability issue. It's it's cash flow. If the tenant passes the reference, we know that they can afford the property. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's just about choice of, of managing money, and, and the same with with a, uh, an inventory. Um, we ask for it to be done, and we do ask for the evidence of the re- resolution point of things. But at the moment, there's no way of validating that these things have been done, or no easy way of validating things, that, you know, unless unless we did it ourselves at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and and that's just not where our expertise lies. So thinking about what we're, we're doing at Hamilton Fraser at the moment. So I'm on there um, there as well as um, pushing home part of Hamilton Fraser's business transformation and innovation team. And what, about a year ago, there was two of us. Now there's 15 of us. And um, we're constantly looking at how we can validate the information that we're given. And a lot of the time, particularly with the guys that work on the data sides, it's about um, standardization. Um, yeah. It's incredibly hard um in any walk of life for, for especially for its for first data guys um to trend analysis and, and compare and contrast if things don't equal the same mm-hmm. so um amongst the whole Hamilton Fraser Group we're trying to create a standardized resolution process for the property redress scheme for my deposits for ohm, um that can help standardize that process the same goes along with referencing can we validate that a reference has taken place or could we do a really light touch reference ourselves to make sure that that data is standardized and it goes to the same as as um for, for check-in checkout reports and inventories is there a standardized approach that we can ask for without inhibiting the market because everyone does it themselves a slightly different way or is it case of Hoping that a standardised approach comes out, I, I don't know whether hope is the right phrase, but
1: no, I think hope you... is the right phrase.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's,
1: there's a lot of discussion about standardisation, but there's I don't see much movement. Um, mm. I, mean, I know from my point of view, it's something I'm working towards, and I'm trying to get the market to be even if we had like a framework, even if we had a kind of like a. Go to this is the kind of information we want to see mm-hmm. uh, and, and not necessarily format because format is very uh, different to the individual to the provider, etc, but certainly have it so that you have certain set sections and subsections that you want to see that you that you as the uh, the company or the dispute service that would deal with um, this dispute should it go forward would have a need to be able to make a decision so what does that look like you know do mm-hmm. you need your health and safety section in there with your smoke and uh, alarms in there do you need a section in there in regards to things like blinds you know has the right kind of blinds been put in do they conform to the right standards has things like ele- uh, uh, risk assessment or fitness for human habitation been done because that mm-hmm. thing kind of helps towards that evidence of whether the property is fit and proper to be first of all rented then if it is rented then you've got the inventory saying well this is the condition this is how it looked and then what it looks like at the end and you've got that complete timeline of, of of the actual tenancy but for me certainly as a provider if i knew what the deposits services needed from our reports in regards to even just like the general information, mm-hmm. you know, I need the smoke alarms, I need um, certificates, um, I need the rooms broken down into A, B and C components. Then we would have a way of understanding, well, this is how we then need to format our report, So we create that framework so we could then come back to you with that report and then you'd be able to use it better. But also I think it would be very useful to have better feedback not so much in case studies because you know unless they're specific to you you can you can learn a lot but you want i want to know if i submit a report and it either wins or or say not wins out I'm learning. Um, if it helps me, dedicated to do their job and and get to the end result and, and and come to an agreement, then I then know same as any kind of learning opportunity. I know then okay, I need to do this next time and that works, or no, I need to change my working um, standards because yeah, it work. But we don't have that opportunity, and we don't. It doesn't mm. seem to be afforded to inventory clerks.
0: I think what you say earlier about frameworks is actually is is, is probably the. Um, the best way of of describing it Mm -hmm. because you you could argue the same sort of arguments with with contracts um, and and tenancy agreements everyone's going to have their own approach because everyone's been burnt in one way or or they've succeeded in another way and they've they've adjusted their tenancy agreement as a result but the government provide a um, guidance tenancy agreement and it brings in the experiences of the various different groups that it needs to and um sort of builds it in that way um, and occasionally things will be missed and occasionally things will be added like we've seen with the the, the, the pets recently and things like that so yeah. i think um there is definitely space there i think to say look this is the the general idea of what we're expecting from an inventory um in terms of prescribing things i think that would be difficult because going back to sort of uh what the market phrases as accidental landlords but but the guys or the girls out there that don't really see themselves as landlords that's that's really the important part of the market mm-hmm. that that prescription and frameworks work to because if you don't regard yourself as a landlord, it's incredibly hard to go and find the information because you just don't know what you don't know yeah and I think that's where where education's important and um I know that my deposits and the other two deposit schemes since 2007, since they've been running, that's the tricky bit. How do you find the landlords that don't know their landlords? Yes. And then you've got to tell them the law and then you've got to tell them best practice. And it's always exactly the same sort of principles at the end of the day. Can we uh, professionalize our industry? And I think standardization and, and frameworks definitely does professionalize yes. the industry and raise standards. And one of the things that, that, that we we're really trying to do with home um, we're not just a deposit replacement scheme in our mind we're much more and will be much more and one of the things is can we take those inventory reports directly from the inventory providers for example and in order to do that we're going to need to standardize our approach because we're going to need to do some degree of integration or upload whatever it may be so there's going to have to be some degree of standardization so you'd imagine that if we can come up with that in the future and think about how we do those sorts of processes, then it's only one, two, three steps removed from there to start becoming, as an industry, a bit more um, standardized. So I definitely think it's um, a really, really, really positive aspect of the market. But your guess is as good as mine as to how and when. Um, and maybe actually your your guess is far more valuable than mine, actually, because you're in the world of, of inventories and how that would work, I guess. so. Um, to be honest, feedback from from inventory clerks such as yourself and providers um, for home in particular is really, on a personal level, really helpful. But but as a market, I think it's, it's a case of education, education and, and, and sort of evangelization, if that makes sense. Yeah. What does a really good inventory do for you as a landlord do for you as a tenant or an agent?
1: I guess. Yeah. The doc? yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think framework is definitely the way to go. Um, not necessarily like pre-described, but certainly a better understanding of mm. what it should contain or could contain. And also the reasons why. Cause, yes. The you know, benefits. Often, yeah. yeah. Often when I'm training people, um, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss as to why certain ob- certain items are described and, and how they're described, etc. And often question like, "Why are you doing that?" And there's got to be a reason for it. You can't just do it. There's point you're yeah. wasting everybody's time, and it does, doesn't help. But if you explain it and it, and it has an end result, it, it helps or, or it helps build that understanding, that information, that learning. Then, then it's all valuable. I think certainly from my personal point of view. Um, you know, to be involved in that side of thing would be very, very useful. And I think certainly uh, home and deposit services as a whole could really do much better if they involved... Mm you know, the industry much more talk to us because we're out there doing. um, And I I used to do it when I was working with the prison service years and years ago. Um, And we would do case studies on probation reports and case studies on on, on, um, certain aspects of those. And by doing that, by having focus groups, by feeding back individual um, kind of understanding and, and approaches, it helped us actually formulate where we ne- then needed to go for the next steps to make this the service better make yeah. it um, easier to understand and easier to implement and it's exactly the same premise
0: yeah no i agree and i i mean, I mean my uh, my colleague nick he's our co-founder and, and he'd hate me for saying this but he's a real sort of um stickler for for say good design and and mm-hmm. and Purpose, and one of the things that we constantly ask ourselves when we're say designing a process foam is is what's the purpose of this button? What's the purpose for that yeah. to text or whatever the case may be? If it doesn't have a purpose, get rid of it. Yeah. And when it comes to, um, as you say, frameworks for, for inventories or frameworks for anything, quite frankly, what's the purpose of why we're asking that? So when we're looking, we're asking a question for a tenant to sign up. Is that question actually going to help them? If mm. not. Just take, kind of get it? rid of it, and and it comes to the inventory is taking that photo or is it having that format or whatever the case may be? is it doing that way going to help the end result, and if not, get rid of it, but if it is standardized or if it is, enshrine it in that process and I think from my perspective that that um, that approach is something that we 're really trying to push into everything we do at the moment, so uh asking for checking reports, why do we do it, or well, because we know with my deposits that quite frankly most of the time there's an inventory it's a lot easier so Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier from our perspective and obviously time at the end of the day equals money and it equals resource but from a landlord and from an agent and from a tenant's perspective that evidence at the end of the day just creates a fairer more positive outcome so that that's that's why we go from that that purpose perspective i guess
1: I totally agree with that it, it builds that understanding and it also creates best practice as well and, yeah. and like you're saying if you think about it, every single thing that we have or we do all has some kind of framework or process behind it you know be it electrical be it you know something we eat you know there's a process there's, there's a pattern there's a like a pattern for your for your sweater or, or right. a um you know, if you're eating something at a restaurant, there's often um, a menu and there's something to understand. So you get to the point where you make a decision and, um, and you do something about it. So it's all mm-hmm. par- parcel. You know, I know it's, slightly off- off-track, as it were, but it's exactly the same. It's all as yeah. frameworks. So I just think, certainly, from our point of view, it's great to see OWN championing the use of inventories. I know the industry uses them, but I think, you know, we could do so much more, and the wealth of knowledge, the best practice that is out there just isn't capitalised enough on. Mm-hmm. And I think it really, really could be. And if we become get to that point where we've got standardisation, then it makes your life easier, it makes the landlord's life easier, the agent's... and equally the tenants because at the end of the day it's their money whether they do it either upfront in a in a great big amount or at the end monthly or the end exactly yeah their money so if we can do it so it's fair and easy for them to understand it but it still showcases all the information it's got to be a really good thing
0: oh 100 so it's a great thing that we're having this conversation because quite frankly 10 years ago um and so i took my first phone call at my deposits when i was 15 and uh Christ, oh, that was wow. scary because because no, no one knew no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm now twenty five, so uh, I'd like to think I've, I've got old head on, on young shoulders, but um, um when, when I took that phone call, we were still learning what, and I was only doing it for a summer, but we were still learning what to expect from the phone calls, mm-hmm. and then like you talk to the adjudicators who were there th- now then and they're still there now, and again. They didn't know what they were looking at at the time because they would get contracts on the back of a napkin and they would get envelopes where someone's just picked up something and written down what's in the property if you look at what's now coming through it's incredible how 10 years has, has made such a difference and you look at then in the next five ten years and particularly with um with the pandemic we're in and sort of the speeding up of technology and things like that you do wonder actually what's the conversation we're going to have in 10 years time again are we going to be talking about um standardization hopefully probably not um, <laughs> we're probably talking about the next thing is it i don't know a big database of inventories and who knows what would we be talking about but there's always those milestones and i think at the moment the milestone for inventories is is knowing what to expect knowing what to do yeah. and as a consumer a tenant or a landlord or an agent why i am doing it as in why mm. is it beneficial what will i gain out of it because i imagine probably one of the things that you get challenged is or i know that my tenant will look after them i've referenced them why will i need to bother with an inventory that sort of thing so yeah um i guess again education and evangelization what actually is the benefit of an inventory why am i doing all these extra processes and then over time that will start to, to filter down into the uh as we say it's sort of almost the the hobbyists i think you mentioned it earlier the landlords that don't see themselves as landlords
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've—I've had loads of those kind of conversations. You know, why am I going to such detail? Um, you know, why do, does it need to be The property's fine. It's you know, mm. after it. It'd be okay. It's like, well, yeah, but what happens if it's not okay? And what yeah. happens if we don't give you that bit of information? And we haven't done it properly? And then come the end, it all goes a bit wrong. And then you're looking to us, he goes, well, you know, we, we don't have the, the, the information there for you because you didn't want it, and now you do, but the trouble is then it's gonna go, yeah, that's great, but I haven't got any parallel to draw it from, I've got no starting point, you know, there's no inventory. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've had loads of conversations like that. But I think sometimes it's because it's not, until you actually go through that process or in some respects you've had your fingers burnt, it's, it, you don't yeah. really understand it. I think in the main, everybody does. But I do think, like I said, the framework needs to be there. I think there certainly needs to be a little bit more conversation being had, certainly with, you know, we're doing it, so we know what, mm-hmm. how things work and what they should do. And if you're then telling us, well, this is also what I want to be able to adjudicate to make it better, make it fairer, we can meet in the middle. And yeah, 100%. And we, we've got the, 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 the tools to be able to get all that done uh, and, uh, and done properly.
0: No, I, I 100% agree, 100% agree.
1: So what's next for Ohm? Uh, is anything else coming up on the horizon?
0: So we've just launched our um, our tenant helpline. Um, yes, I saw that.
1: That's amazing. That
0: was No, thank you. That was very much down the line um, from our perspective. But we had the, the, the frameworks in place with frameworks, the, the same terminology. <laughs> we had the, um, all the plans in place for this. And when, when COVID did take... Um, a bit of a hit on, on the tenant lifestyle and questions such as furlough and even bereavement we thought that bringing this um helpline would really help we cover sort of legal and debt advice but even down to sort of physical and mental health advice and uh counselling and things like that so we thought it's actually quite a simple thing for us to, to bring forward in terms of what we're planning so we've chucked that straight in any tenant that downloads the app regardless of whether they're using our membership or not will be able to um have access to that that was sort of the the least we could do i guess yeah um the 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 rest of the roadmap at the moment is very much feedback and sort of improving what we've got but we really want to start looking at those broader lifestyle um elements from a tenant's perspective so is there a way i mean everyone knows about rent recognition and open banking and things like Mm -hmm. that but can we put that in a place where that suddenly becomes a no-brainer Uh, can we help landlords with their referencing is there ways that we can automate some of the the inventory processes as you say bringing it straight in from a from a provider they're the things that are on our mind whether there's a solution out there i don't know yet but
1: um, i've actually i could Talk to you about that. I've definitely
0: got a solution yeah, That'd be great. Yeah, oh. and, and and again, also talking about sort of the upstream. So my deposits, how would you phrase it broadly? We're really good at that. We'll, we'll we'll tip our hat and say we're really good at the downstream process, the end of tenancy, the adjudications. Uh, we've got our legal services with landlord action that do the really tricky um, confrontational aspects of of yes. end of tenancy. But upstream is is quite um, fresh to us. We do have a tenancy a referencing provider, but other than that it's very um uh small so can we help with the creation of tenancy agreements and as you say inventories and anything like that so so we've got our eyes in two angles i guess downstream and upstream but as if as in to what the next step is um we're really going to take that from the from the industry, really the marketplace, and there is some requests that we've had from landlords. So it has been: Do you have inventory providers, or do you have rent guarantee providers? And that's the standard stuff. But are there things that that we can start to um, look at the market and innovate on in a different sort of way? So honestly, I don't think there's a there's a, an answer um, other than a um, again framework. <laughs> listening.
1: But, but, but when you think about it, again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. On, that- Everything is born out of a framework, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because we we need to know where we are now, where we need to go and how we're going to get yeah, that. Exactly. And I think certainly this current situation with the pandemic innovation has really come to the fore mm. i mean certainly from our point of view from infantry Base academy and inventory based point of view you know giving tenants the ability to do their own interim inspections um, because obviously we don't want to go in their home we don't want to put them at risk we don't want to be put at risk we yeah want to exactly be comfortable. so giving them the ability to be able to do a report that is based on the fitness of human habitation markers to be able to upload it put their comments on give their pictures etc all in the comfort and safety of their home, but still, then giving that understanding to the landlord to the agent that the property's okay, or something needs to be happening in regards to maintenance. Mm. You know, we wouldn't have thought about that. You know, six months yeah. ago, we just wouldn't. And and if you look at things like you know the, the viewing online now, we, we, we're using Zoom, we're um, doing video um, viewings, etc. Yeah. Everyone's pivoting. Everybody's innovating. So I think in a way, and we we touched on this just before we started this podcast, is the fact that as much and as upsetting and and as difficult this whole situation has been, there has been some positives out of it. We've we've come together as people businesses we're helping each other much more than we ever did before and we're looking at things quite differently now and one of the things that i've personally find heartening and certainly from what you've just been saying about what you're looking to do in regards to looking upstream is the help element how can we help Mm -hmm. how can we make it better you know what can we do to 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 make that whole transaction as easy as possible so everybody feels supported everybody feels on the same level playing field it's not an us and them anymore yeah exactly
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited
1: training, and on-demand property reports.